0: that before i started recording because otherwise i would have left it in there (laughs) yeah so we're gonna do the friendship bracelet while i tell you a story i'm ellen and i'm sam and And we're we're just just here to cause chaos chaos you gotta say it faster you keep you slow down halfway through you keep i'm trying to wait up for you because you you keep stopping (laughs) i stop because you stop
1: I'm trying to be considerate! And I'm...
0: I say it, and then you stop, and then I feel like I'm supposed to stop. Okay. We're gonna work on this. Uh, One week,
1: it'll work out.
0: Okay. Yeah. So. Today's story, I really wanted to do is our like last story of Pride Month, and then I looked at a calendar, and did you know there are five Tuesdays in June? How dare they? Right? <laughs> so... That means that you get the last episode of Pride Month, so good luck topping this. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're like on slightly different levels today. It's fine. Maybe. <laughs> okay. So, are you ready for the story
1: of Sappho? I do need to learn the story of Sappho, because
0: I am woefully uninformed about her. I would also like to start off by saying all the names in this are ancient Greek, and while I looked up some pronunciations, Last week I mispronounced anarchy, so like there's no hope for me, and we're just gonna let it be. Oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> so, also, everything we know about Sappho is not necessarily true. Oh, great. <laughs> because lo- she lived like so long ago that all of the sources about her, there are no uh, primary sources about her. Pretty much the best we have are. Things we can figure out from her writings and a 10th century encyclopedia called the suda that they wrote in byzantium um, but even the 10th century is about 1500 years after she died huh
1: god she doesn't even have primary sources
0: yeah so we what? are going to talk about a lot of theories about her life um what is more or less accepted as the truth and what is more or less accepted as um homophobia and er- erasure so that should be fun Oh but it's more or less agreed that she was that Sappho the greatest female artist of antiquity was born sometime between 630 and 640 BCE so not a good time for women I mean actually oh ancient Greece as far like not a great place for women if you I've read a lot of mythology women don't come out great but like Ew. better than a lot of what comes after definitely not as good as now but like better than like the middle ages
1: i'm assuming you're not talking about athens because athens was terrible for women
0: no she lived in lesbos of oh, yeah <laughs> yeah yes that's the name of an island in greece we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get there um, especially for people who were gay in some way shape or form ancient greece was a rather understanding place. I mean, if you read the mythology, like the myth of Hyacinth and things like that, there's a lot of same-sex couples in the mythology. So, like, it wasn't normal, but wasn't necessarily a big deal. If that makes I, sense.
1: Yeah, I heard there are also like ways to get around it, like the yeah.
0: virgins of Hestia. Like they were virgins because they weren't married to a man. Yeah, so. there was a lot of stuff like that. Also. <laughs> Back in that time, they believed that trans people were just created by a god who got a little bit too drunk, which I personally love.
1: <laughs> there's so, a gender-fluid character in one of the stories? There's a lot
0: of gender-fluid Greek mythological characters. This guy turns into a seal. Ah, uh, yes. Um, it, It'll come to me, and I'll probably shout it down in like 10 minutes. Great, can't um, wait to hear it 10 minutes from now. Yeah. But back to Sappho. So she is considered one of the greatest artists of antiquity and one of the greatest poets of all time. But actually today we only have one full poem she ever wrote and about 90 random lines of various works because most of her works have been destroyed over the years, which makes it so that the disconnect between the amount or the body of her work and her level of fame is so insanely large. Because we literally have maybe a little over a hundred lines of her writing ever and yet like everyone knows the name Sappho.
1: Meet Sappho, one
0: of the greatest poets of all time. What'd she write? Heck of Arno. <laughs> uh, but the only surviving full poem we have of her is her hymn to, ha- to Aphrodite which is literally just a poem where she calls out to Aphrodite and laments about her love for a woman and how like it will never be and how she needs the like goddess of love to help her because it's never going to be, like, given back to her. She's so gay.
1: I love it so much. So gay.
0: Um, But we're going to get into that, too. Okay, so, she was born on the island of Lesbos, which is where the term lesbian comes from. And her name (laughs) is Sappho, which is where the term sapphic comes from. So, like, I think we know where this is going. Um, We chose this for queer for pride month for a reason also the term sapphic for those who haven't heard it because my mom hadn't heard it and i had explained to her earlier um was is the term for romantic love between two women so she was pretty much known for writing playful and very like anguished heart-wrenching poetry about her susceptibility to the graces of young women And this writing, as well as her reputation, made her a huge figure in comedic plays. So comedic playwrights of her time would love to ridicule her for her loose morals. Old-timey homophobia. Yeah. Or not even that. She was called like a massive slut by a lot (laughs) of contemporaries. The church even eventually began burning her works because she was a sex-crazed whore who sings of her own wantonness. That was a quote. <laughs> That's a great quote, and I will find ways to repeat that in the future. Would you like me to say it again so you remember it? Yes, please do. She was a sex-crazed whore who sings of her own wantonness. <laughs> <sighs> She's like the girl in red of ancient Greece. Yep. But yeah, and most of what we know about her is from the Byzantine encyclopedia, the Suda, which I think I mentioned. Byzantine? What did yeah. I say? Byzantine. Okay, that's just my own fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, but I already mentioned that was written 1500 years after her death. So like, that's what we're working with here. Great. But now, we're going to get into the homophobic erasure of her work because it's a good time. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do that before her life story. Okay. Um, because a lot of her works were being uncovered and found during the Victorian era oh the victorian era yeah i see where this is going so a lot of victorian scholars did what victorian scholars do and tried to explain away her love of woman as friendship or camaraderie (laughs) sappho
1: and her friend
0: yeah so this line of thought kind of lasted until like the mid-20th century because big oof And some even went so far as to theorize that she was the matron of a girl's boarding school. And that's why she had so many younger women around her all the time.
1: That's so gross. Uh,
0: And another theory was that she was the priestess who led a cult of young women in the service of a goddess. There is absolutely no evidence for either of these things, but like a bunch of Victorian scholars were like, what if we said that? I can see the priestess
1: thing, though. Like, <laughs> They were definitely on their knees.
0: Instead, oh, in God reality, goodness. she was Billy on the street, running through the streets of ancient Greece with a pack of wild lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: I mean, okay. So Victorians were so wrong about so many things, but at least they didn't eat the poems like they ate all the goddamn mummies. Yeah, that's true i i'll give you that that's why we don't have any
0: mummies sam the victorians ate them yeah but the issue is they put all these theories out there into the world so that even like today everything about her is unconfirmed because there's like the combination of all these victorian theories mixed with like ovid did a little bit of writing about her during like the roman times and the stuff from the byzantine why can't i say byzantine today from the byzantine encyclopedia and all of that combines to make it so that we have nothing confirmed about this woman. Great. <laughs> to this day, scholars... I can't say anything today. To this day, scholars can't agree on whether or not her poems were meant to celebrate or subvert the conventions of love and marriage. I mean, she is a gay icon, and uh, like history can't even fully agree whether or not she was gay. Well, that, that's more, that says more about
1: history than it does about her.
0: I completely agree, but... <laughs> I just, I needed to, I I did a lot, a lot of reading on her today, and there are a lot of different people who say a lot of different things, so we're just uh, gonna. Did you,
1: uh, I know at least one thing about her, so did you hear about her supposed husband? I said, yes, we're quotes? gonna get there, and if okay, you say that okay. before
0: me, I will come to Atlanta and kill you. Nope, nope, we're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just need to make sure it was in the script. It's in the script. <laughs> <laughs> it's. One of my favorite facts I found. Okay, (laughs) you (laughs) Um, can have it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, so the most recent poem we have by her was discovered in 2012 um, by some excavating archeologists and it's called her brother's poem because it references two of her brothers. We are unsure how many brothers she had. There's a historian who claims that she had three. She mentions two in this poem. There is another historian who claims she had like a flock of brothers, who knows, but pretty much this new poem that came around in 2012 talks about her oldest brother and praying for his safe return from sea while talking about that she hopes her younger brother does not take after him and become like a wayward soul because her oldest brother paid off or paid for his favorite concubine in Egypt and brought her back with him and apparently according to Herodotus. Sappho was not too happy about that.
1: Yeah. I'm sure we know none of the details. We know, know cla- none
0: of the details. <laughs> so that is all I know about the situation. It's pretty much just that her brother whose name was Carixus was written about by Herodotus because he paid a small fortune, that was the quote, um to free his favorite courtesan in Egypt and then came home and Sappho was like, seriously? yeah doesn't sound apparently she wrote a like scathing poem about him but the poem itself is lost like everything else (laughs) oh of course yeah is this like in commentary to that poem or i think so it was just it was in herodotus's writing and i thought it was hilarious and needed to include it that's fair you know what while i'm on the subject of her brothers i'm just going to mention the other one because in her poetry at one point she uh mentions that he Served wine in the town hall of Mytilene, which is a town in Lesbos, where she spent most of her life. And that was a position reserved for Sons of the Best Family. So because of this, it is believed that she was an aristocrat. Oh. Yeah. And that's cool. all I got for you on her brothers. <laughs> Sorry, the only, when you said served
1: wine, the only thing I could think about was the mythology story where Zeus had a twink
0: that was the cupbearer or whatever. Ah, uh, Yes, that's a great story. Classic. No, apparently serving wine was like a big honor in ancient Greece. And so they believe that she was an aristocrat because her brother served wine. I
1: mean, you got to have some spare time if you're going to sit around all day and write of your own wantonness.
0: Yeah. But yeah, also in ancient Greece, poetry was all lyrical. So she was most likely a musician. And it's very possible that her poetry was never actually written down by her, but instead written down by admirers later on. Um, after being passed down through oral tradition. So we're missing out on the lesbian songs of I Sappho. Know. And I found some people who like tried to set her poetry to music and it none of it sounded right. Yeah. But she isn't with credi- credited with inventing a new type of lyre called the plectrum. Wow. Yeah. Gotta love an inventor. Mm-hmm um and then at one point she had nine scrolls of her poetry in the library of alexandria which roughly translates to tens of thousands of lines of her poetry
1: <sighs> too bad it burned down yeah still th- upset about that by the way
0: in 391 bc the library of alexandria was burnt down by christian zealots and it took all of her work with it that is the only complete collection that was ever made Ugh, christians <laughs> Like three centuries after her death, but before the library burned down, a Greek scholar said the white columns of Sappho's lovely song endure and will endure, speaking out loud as long as ships sail from the Nile. But he was wrong because Alexandria burned down, taking all of her work with it. Man, crusades sucked. Yeah, but by the Middle Ages, most of her work was gone to fire, flood, neglect, bookworms, and church. Um, also, she wrote in a language called Aeolic, which was more or less abandoned, highly diminishing the demand for her work, um, which meant that people weren't reprinting it anymore. Uh, also, a Byzantine squo- scholar, wow, two words I'm having trouble pronouncing in a row today, um, said that Sappho's lyrics and songs were trashed by translation in time.
1: That's probably fair.
0: Yeah. Although,
1: notice how we have all of the... Metamorphosis, Metamorphosis book. Because that was written by a man. Yeah. Patriarchy.
0: I mean, she is considered the contemporary of Homer. Like, ancient Greece called Homer the poet, and they referred to her as the poetess. So she was more or less considered the female Homer. And think about how much Homer we have already and how little Sappho we have in comparison. <sighs>
1: Hate the patriarchy.
0: But Plato himself who famously said that poetry had no place in an ideal state, used to call Sappho the 10th muse. High praise from Plato, considering he hated pretty much everyone. He hated everyone, and he was like, what do you mean there's nine muses? There's 10. Have you met Sappho? (laughs) Also, make me a philosopher king. Bye, (laughs) I'm going to go wrestle someone. Yeah, literally, this man hated everything, but was, like, super into Sappho poetry. (laughs) Um, also, the Library of Alexandria enshrined her in their canon of nine lyric geniuses. She was the only woman. Sounds about right. Yeah. So she was epic. Two different town and, towns in and lesbos claim to be her birthplace. Neither are confirmed. However, she, is, she definitely lived most of her life in the capital, Mytilene. So that's what we know on, again, nothing about her life is confirmed. Hence, I can't tell you where she was born. Where <laughs> is lesbos? It's a Greek island right across the strait from Turkey. Can we go there? Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't third know option. Third option on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> it goes, yeah. "Give us stuff to buy a blanket fort, give us money to buy knives. We're
0: going to Greece." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That sounds about right. <laughs> um but yeah, I mentioned that she was really similar to Homer in, like, her status, but she kind of feminized the heroic epics by making them about love and women and all the things that, like, were considered more female instead of, like, about Odysseus sailing around having sex with whoever could move.
1: Yeah, and yet it's claiming that he wasn't cheating because he was pure in his heart.
0: Yeah, and her most famous work that still exists is called Fragment 31 because of course it is sounds um, about right and i'ma read it to you it's about four stanzas and it's great good i've been waiting for some sappho poetry oh my god there's gonna be so much just give me a oh minute. i'm pumped he seems to me an equal of the gods whoever gets to sit across from you and listen to the sound of your sweet speech so close to him to your beguiling laughter oh it makes my panicked heart go fluttering in my chest For the moment, I catch sight of you. There's no speech left in me, but tongue gags. All at once a faint fever courses down beneath the skin. Eyes no longer capable of sight, a thrumming in my ears. And sweat drips down my body, and the shakes lay siege to me all over. And I'm greener than grass. I'm just a little short of dying, I seem to me. But all must be endured, even since a pauper. So poetic. And so very useless lesbian-esque. <laughs> <laughs> also, the last line is since even a pauper and then just like dot 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 because I don't know what comes after that and that bothers me so much. But literally it's a poem about being jealous of a man for being able to pursue women. And what I really liked about that one was it d- details, the beauty of the woman, not necessarily by describing her, but describing her effect on the beholder, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, that's right. It's
1: like a... Uh, We're so used to seeing, like, the male gaze and its representation of beauty, but she's, like, seeing the woman's actions. Yeah. And how those are beautiful.
0: Her beguiling laugh. I don't know. It was, it's so, she's so good. Um, Also, you might have noticed the, like, kind of cant in my voice. That is the stanza called the sapphic stanza, because she invented a type of poetry. um, And it's a four-line stanza. That back in her time was unrhymed, but today, but around the Middle Ages, took on an ABAB rhyme pattern. Man, they just really
1: mangled all of Sappho's work, didn't they? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But she's also the first uh, person to have ever used the term bittersweet. Oh. And you want to hear how she used it because it's great. Oh, go. Once again, love, that loosener of limbs, bittersweet and inescapable, crawling thing seizes me iconic right and the island of lesbos was constantly having political drama and she liked to be right in the thick of it she had opinions and she made them heard she was incredibly loyal to her clan and fought anyone who sided with the other clans including like (laughs) friends a contemporary poet named alceus um, he was known for referencing the political strife of the island in his work, and they used to butt heads all the time. He like wrote some poems about her that are not nice. Are you <laughs> saying that they basically had
1: rap battles?
0: Yes, I am saying that her and Alceus more or less had rap battles in lesbos. <laughs> and eventually her and her family were either exiled or they fled to southern Italy, where she ended up settling down in Syracuse, Sicily. And at one point there was even a statue of her in their town hall. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm sure it's gone now. Yeah. And because nothing about her is confirmed, they can't really agree on what she looked like. Plato used to say she was beautiful. Another contemporary author used to call her ugly and short. Plato made a reference to her pale skin. Herodotus made a reference to her having dark skin. Who, who knows what she looked like. There are a couple of right. paintings that people think might have been her that have pale skin. But again. No one knows anything about this woman. She's a myth. A legend. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend. Sappho. <laughs> um, I found one article claiming that it wasn't actually even a woman. It was a man under a pseudonym, and I refused to even read it. Boo! Get <laughs> um, out of there. Yeah. But, and now, too, something that you have already kind of mentioned. Her family. <laughs> the... Suda, the Byzantine encyclopedia I've mentioned a few times, claimed that she was married to a rich man named Kirkolis from the island of Andros. However, modern historians doubt that she was actually married to him because the word Kirkolis is very close to the word Kirkos, which in ancient Greek was slang for penis. And the word Andros is the ancient Greek word for man. So apparently, is actually a reference to an old joke that the comedic writers used to make fun of her used to say which was that she was married to dick from the island of man and she was considered so sex crazed and that joke the byzantine historians apparently did not understand that that was a joke and said that she was married to a man named dick from the island of, Ma- of man flew right over their head right over <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought it was like a sarcastic
0: thing, though. They're like, hey, Sappho, are you married? It's like, yeah, I'm married. Uh, what I found claimed that it was like something that the comedic playwriters who used to make fun of her would say. But also, I think she might have liked the comedic playwriters who used to make fun of her because like some of her poetry was like praising comedic playwriters. So it might have been like an inside joke. She might have been in on it. Like, you know. Ah, that classic ancient Greek poet humor. Yeah, but because nothing is confirmed about this woman. Her works often a couple times referenced a girl named Clias, who for a long time they believed was her daughter. But the word they translated as daughter actually could mean child or slave, so it's unsure if she was ever actually a mother. Is it like that thing where there was, like, beloved and beloved relationship in ancient Greece? Kind of, I think. They're not entirely sure. All we know about her is she was referenced twice in her writing, and one of the times she was referenced as a word that could either mean daughter, child, or slave. Cool. Herodotus mentions her having three brothers. She mentions two of them in her writing. Who knows how many she had? At least two. That's what we got for you. (laughs) And... The Suda also refers to her having three female companions in a disgraceful friendship. <laughs> uh, these <gasps> women were named Athis, <gasps> Telisippa, and Megara.
1: There's so many
0: quotable moments. <laughs> yeah, you know, those disgraceful friendships. <laughs> um,
1: Sappho and her disgraceful friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she in her work, she references six friends. The Suda refers to those three as her disgraceful friendships. But this is also possibly just an educated guess from her poetry because they are referenced reference there. No one's really sure why these three are singled out. You know, she probably had many disgraceful friends, many more than these three. <laughs> Even her sexuality, which is what we all kind of know her for, is a hotly debated question by historians. Ancient Greek pop culture often referred to her as pretty much a sexual predator for men, and the term lesbian in ancient Greece, actually didn't refer to women loving women, or referred to women giving men a blowjob. Oh, I don't like that as much. No. The term lesbiazin translated directly to someone from lesbos and meant to give a blowjob. Huh. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. But Sappho was the reason that the term kind of slowly transitioned to being woman loving another woman, and so it's believed that that was her doing. Honestly, maybe she was. the
1: men were just so surprised by a woman who had sexuality, they're like, she must be a predator.
0: Yeah, that's very possible. Um, this was ancient Greece. Uh. Um, it was believed that she had a famous relationship with a much younger boatman named Phaon, who she reportedly jumped off a cliff when he, she couldn't handle that her love was unrequited. However, the story is from Ovid, who also claimed that she personally renounced her uh, previous sexual deviances, and was really looking to give her story a moral that unfettered passion has consequences. So we believe nothing he said and he sucks.
1: Yeah, sounds like Ovid is
0: lying and homophobic. Yeah, and no other historian claims that the jumping off a cliff thing happened. However, everyone cites it because Ovid was, like, an ancient Roman historian, so he's, like, as close to a primary source as we honestly get, but no one actually believes that. Boo. Ovid's just dramatic. Yeah. Oh, you're like this. Monique Wittig and Sandy Zieg wrote a book called Lesbian People Material for a Dictionary in 1979, and to honor Sappho's central place in the canon of female homosexuality, they dedicated an entire page right in the middle of the book to her, but they left it completely blank because nothing about her is confirmed. <laughs> Same energy as, like, empty paintings in the Louvre. Yeah. Like, we, there should be an artwork here, but we can't find it. <laughs> Pretty much. Most people agree that the most natural reading of her poetry suggests that she had deeply personal expressions of homoerotic love, but, like, there's just so much clogging up her canon because of all that Victorian crap that, like, no one's entirely sure anymore. Ugh.
1: God, we could spend an entire episode complaining
0: about the Victorians. I mean, yeah, we probably will spend multiple episodes complaining about the Victorians because this is a history podcast. It's true. Doesn't everyone just hate the Victorians? I mean, but they were fascinating historically. Like, one of my favorite time periods to read about. (laughs) Yeah, they were fascinating because they were so messed up. Yeah. Oh, but fun fact. Uh she was believed to have invented the lyric eye, which is like the idea of a first person speaker who is an emotional stand in for the reader. So uh, Oh yeah. So she's the inventor of first person perspective. Pretty
1: much. Huh. That's weird. Right? I also am not the biggest fan of that,
0: so Well, still impressive that she invented it, even if you yes. don't like it. Good personally- job, Sappho. <laughs> I have no hate for it because, like, the entire first Percy Jackson series was written in first person, but... Oh god, you're right! <laughs> <laughs> I think it
1: depends on, like, like how it's written, because Fair. if it's, like, assuming- if it's trying to say, like, I as in me, I'm like, I didn't do anything. Oh yeah, I like, agree. I don't, yeah. like,
0: insert reader.
1: Yeah, if it's like, hi, my name is Percy,
0: I did this, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, you go, Percy. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. But yeah, so we know she died in approximately 570 BCE in Sicily. How she died is unconfirmed, because we do not believe the story of her jumping off a cliff because the man didn't love her.
1: What if it Um, was a woman who didn't love her?
0: Then I will accept that she jumped off a cliff, but we have no proof that she jumped off a cliff. Mm
1: -hmm. However,
0: we know that she lived to at least middle age, and you want to know why? Why do we know this? Because she wrote a poem that I have here that is beautiful beautiful that you'll see why it shows that she lived to middle age i think i see where this is going i bring the beautiful gifts of the violent muses girls and i love that song lover the sweet tone liar my skin was delicate before but now old age claims it my hair turned from black to white my spirit has grown heavy knees buckle that once could dance light as fawns i often groan but what can i do impossible for humans not to age for they say that rosy dawn in love went to the ends of the earth holding Tithonus, beautiful and young but in time gray old age seized even him with an immortal wife i'll be honest i thought this was going to be about menopause no she just talked about (laughs) her hair going gray and her knees getting crinkly and the ancient greek myth of the goddess of dawn trying uh begging to have her love made immortal but she didn't beg for him to have immortal youth just immortality yeah yeah So he ended up getting like old and gray and withered, and being in love with like Dawn, who's a youth goddess.
1: Yeah, and sometimes he turns into a grasshopper. That's how old he gets. Yeah. Good times.
0: Good times. But no, she just wrote a poem about old age, so people think that she lived at least to like middle age.
1: That makes sense. Okay.
0: Yeah. And now we have hit the end of her life, which means I just have quotes. (gasps) Oh no! Not the quote wall. Are you ready for this? Give because me the quote. A poet whose entire body of work now is just a bunch of fragments. <laughs> okay. You may forget, but let me tell you this. Someone in some future time will think of us. And she was right because she is now an icon. <laughs> that is the same energy as those uh letters from like World War
1: II between the gay soldiers where they're like, you know, someday this is gonna be okay.
0: <laughs> and people yeah. will read about this it really does i mean her name is literally synonymous for like being lesbian now so um more quotes because she's amazing you came i yearned for you and you cooled my senses that burned with desire Ooh. right love shook my senses like wind crashing on mountain oaks beautiful thank you <laughs> maidenhood my maidenhood where have you gone leaving <laughs> me behind never again will i come to you never again Which kind of makes me think that at least at one point she hooked up with a man because back in that time, as you said, because of the, like, virgins of Hestia, virginity was very much tied to heterosexual sex. Mm -hmm. Those are my quotes. It's my turn
1: for my hyperfixation.
0: Oh, it is.
1: Yes, so that's typically
0: how this works, Sam. Okay. I mean, are you going to be able to be running through the streets of Greece with a wet pack of wild lesbians? Because I don't think so. I mean, probably not, because
1: I've been told I should make my hyperfixations less depressing.
0: I didn't say less depressing. I just said, I just said, don't do the police again, honestly. <laughs> well, we're not doing the police again. Okay.
1: But so, by the way, I am right, and a lawyer confirmed that. Anyway. <laughs> So, <laughs> Wait, what lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've only recently talked to a law student. So, not official lawyer, but, you know. <laughs> Do I know this law student? No, I have friends other than you, Sam. Gross, not allowed. Anyway, we're gonna talk about the world's longest continuous walk. Yes. Someone... Who had too much spare time mapped out the longest possible walk on on Google Maps, and supposedly it takes no ferries, no cars, none of that, just a bunch of walking. And we're gonna go over how it's gonna kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, this walking path goes from is essentially from Cape Town, South Africa, to Magadan. Russia. We're going to the, yeah. That's like multiple continents.
0: Yes. It's long. You might even have to go into Asia for a bit there. I'm not sure what the route is, but...
1: Ah, yes. If we're counting the Middle East as Asia. I think we usually do. Cool. Okay, so it's 22,387 kilometers, which is a lot. And you know what? It's some amount of miles, but I'll find that later. (laughs) If you were to walk... 8 hours a day, this would take you 587 days, or 194 days if you just kept walking non-stop, which, as of right now, is not possible. So, it's 17 countries long, 6 time zones, and full of hazards. So let's start
0: with... What? I'm realizing this right, you're gonna have to like, walk through a couple of war zones. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> So you start in Cape Town, South Africa,
1: and then you go north through Botswana, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Tanzania, 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 if you can mess up Byzantine, I can mess up that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and while you're doing that, you're going to run into, you know, every vicious animal of Africa. Uh, What do they got there? I don't know, lions? Definitely some crocodiles. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Exactly. Oh my. And so, if that doesn't get you, uh, good job. So, then you're going to continue on your way uh, and you'll get to, you'll go up through Mozambique and Zambia. And this will get you up to Uganda. And then you enter South Sudan, which, as you have noted, is a war zone right now. It's one of the most dangerous countries in the world uh, with, and it's full of armed conflict, robberies, and just crime. So then you keep going, somehow. And you have to somehow get to, from Sudan to Egypt. Now, I've checked. I'm like 80% sure that there's currently only one road that goes between the border of Sudan to egypt and i got a feeling it's got like 10 checkpoints on it yeah i don't think they would just let you walk across so you may have to get creative and uh i don't know just hoof it across the sahara so then (laughs) yeah because that
0: won't kill you
1: yeah so the sahara might kill you next so you know have fun From there you have to walk all the way up to the Sinai Peninsula so you can go around it because we're not taking ferries. Okay, so we have to go across the one bridge that goes over like what the Red Sea. (laughs) So yes You keep going then you're gonna enter Jordan you briefly go to Israel Uh, so, you know, those regions are currently having a good time right now. (laughs) Finally- oh no, not even finally. So then from that, if you've still made it to this point, you get up to Syria, which is probably also in the middle of a war, I think. Still?
0: I actually don't know. Did they fix that? I doubt it. I'm sure it's not a good place to be, but I don't think they're like actively trying to kill each other at this moment.
1: Is Syria still at war? Well, the civil the Syrian civil war might be ending,
0: but the crisis will live on. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> so- right. That sounds like what I just said.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then the news agrees with you. So once you, assuming you've made it that far, good job. You're still somehow alive. Then you go through Turkey and then into Georgia, and Russia. So, hopefully, there wasn't any conflict between Georgia and, you know, Russia actually let you in. Then, from there on, you are only- you're staying in Russia, but you have to go all the way across Russia. You know how long that is? I mean, it's like the biggest continuous land mass country, right? Exactly. And you're basically going from, like, Ukraine- I don't know, past Japan-
0: So So that sounds awful.
1: Yeah, and it's going to take a while, so you're definitely going to be there
0: for Russian winter, which has (laughs) killed many a person. I mean, the only people who could invade Russia in the winter is the Mongols. Yes, and they're the exception. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you know that we were high schoolers when John Green was around. (laughs) Got me through AP history, AP world history. AP world history, AP US history. (laughs) Honestly, some literature classes. <laughs> yep. Still watch Crash Course every now and then. Good it got me through my
1: college-level biology course. <laughs> oh my god. Currently, I'm watching Crash Course Zoology. Oh, Yes. We... Uh, next up, I'm gonna learn about how animals got sight, so that's cool. That does sound cool. Uh, but anyway, continuing down this terrible path that's gonna kill you, you keep going, you walk, there's a couple of rivers, But, you know, you either find a bridge or you walk around them. No boats. (laughs) How do you walk around a river? You keep going till it
0: ends. What if that's the ocean? (laughs) You go the other way. What if that's the mountains? (laughs) Like, that's how rivers start and stop. The ocean and the mountains. You go around the mountain. No wonder it takes like 600 days or something. That's what you said, right? Yeah, I didn't say
1: this path was easy, Sam. It's never been attempted. We need some brave soul to do it. Or like, we don't. Yeah, so every now and then I'm like, you know what would be great? If I just left society and became a nomad, and then I look up this kind of stuff. And then I decide not to do that. You would be awful at that. Oh, I'm aware. (laughs) Like,
0: so bad. I know. Just as long as you're aware so
1: anyway i can't go down this world's longest walking path but someone
0: else could no i don't think they can someone should i don't think they should fine like we're talking a couple war zones a russian winter at least one mountain you gotta climb the sahara desert
1: (laughs) the entire like interior of africa which will give you malaria.
0: Like, how many different kinds of clothes would you need, though? Like, you need winter clothes for Russia. You need no clothes for the desert because it's gonna be hot. But then you need the other clothes yeah, you're for the nighttime. To wear white
1: reflective clothing.
0: But then it'll get cold at night because I live in the desert. It gets cold at night here.
1: Blanket.
0: So you're gonna bring a blanket, a winter coat, enough food, good walking <laughs> shoes, like ten pairs of good walking shoes because you're gonna like break the soles out. on keep a few of them.
1: You know, I was. So you're gonna pass through plenty of areas of civilization. I'm sure you could buy more stuff. Probably any camping gear. Oh yeah, you're definitely gonna
0: need that. Like logistically, this is a nightmare.
1: Man, Sam, why are you so such a killjoy about this incredibly dangerous
0: footpath? If someone wants to walk all the way from South Africa to Russia, I say let them. You know what? If you get like Netflix or something to film you doing it, go for it.
1: Ooh, that'd be a hell of a show. I'd watch that.
0: Would you? I wouldn't. Actually,
1: it would depend because it could get boring. Yeah. but if they ran into all the
0: things we've mentioned, <laughs> it'd be exciting. Yeah, I actually probably have like some really interesting, like social commentaries, because oh, you probably yeah. see, like a lot of different like kinds of villages and meet a lot of different kinds of people. And I don't know, I could see it being like a thing. I'm like writing a show in my head now. <laughs>
1: um, Great, yeah. Can we pitch that to Netflix? Then yeah. I'll do it.
0: You, you'd like me to train for that, Ellen. <laughs> Fine.
1: How do you even train for that? Do you, like, walk along. Like an hour one day, and then the next day
0: walk two hours? It's like training for a triathlon, but, like, more. Huh. Sounds exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> thing is, I lived with you for over a year, and I saw you run, like, twice. I hate running. You also don't run. And I'm
1: not saying I could walk from Africa to Russia. Running is very different from walking. <laughs> It's different muscles, not really. It's like the breathing thing. Anyway, I looked that up once. It's like, why can't I run? All right, so maybe that'll be another hyperfixation how walking is different than running. That'd be interesting. Yeah. And not depressing, like what to do in a nuclear apocalypse. Which actually
0: would be interesting. Yeah. Next week. Okay. Well, next week's mine, so it'll probably be something lighthearted. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> So, Ellen, what did you learn today? I learned about Sappho, who is a lesbian
1: icon from Lesbos.
0: And the reason the word lesbian exists.
1: Yes, good for her. Uh, I learned about her disgraceful friends
0: <laughs> and of her wantonness. Ah, uh, yes. So cool. <sighs> what did you learn, Sam? Um, I learned that the world's longest walking thing is a bad idea. <laughs> you may be right, but someone, someone's going to do it. Let's hope not. But you know what? If you're listening to this and you're going to do the world's longest walking path, then please let us know. We love to follow your journey. Yes. Start your own podcast. No, just listen to ours while you walk.
1: <laughs> wait, like,
0: do- wait like a couple years until we have a few more of these out so you can listen while you walk. Yeah, th- it's going to take a while
1: for us to put out that much material. <laughs> How many hours did you say it was again? Um well it's eight times five hundred eighty-seven. So let's do some math. Four thousand
0: six hundred and ninety-six hours. If we ever put out that much audio content, I'd be really impressed with those. Yeah.
1: How much how long is the audiobook for war and
0: peace? <laughs> Seeing as we put out like forty five to fifty minutes right now a week. Like Yeah, that would probably take a good number of years. Well, it'd take 4,000 some odd weeks. Okay, so apparently War and Peace is about 30 hours. Wow, they could listen to War and Peace a hundred times and not be done. Yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah,
1: so- it would take longer than that, because like, you can't walk every day. You have to stop to fight off a hippopotamus or get malaria
0: and blisters, and
1: <laughs> shin splints, and... <laughs> or to just stop and look at the Sahara and think about crossing it before you actually cross <laughs> it.
0: Think about death. Think <laughs> about the scene from, like, old movies of, like, colonial men in all white dating the Sahara slowly, like, bleeding out <laughs> dramatically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Alright,
0: so we learned that. <laughs> If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, <laughs> our handle is at kaospodcast. You can also send us an email at chaospodcast 21 at gmail.com. We'd Please send us an
1: email. I want to read
0: emails. Do you even, are you even logged into our email? I recently found it. Okay. I do the administrative stuff on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. If you DM us on Instagram, I'll be the one to respond probably. So. Do that. <laughs> and I might if I'm paying attention. But she happens. won't be. <laughs> cool. That's our story. Great review us on after podcast. Enjoy the chaos. See <laughs> <Six travels>. you, <laughs>